Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we rate and review all of your favorite video game romances. I'm Genesis, the girl who's beyond excited to be back in her favorite universe. I'm a Mass Effect nerd, and I've been having the best time doing the research for the upcoming episodes. And I'm Bravada, the girl who is always down for some space-significant others. Today marks our return to the Normandy and our favorite band of babes defending the galaxy. Today's episode will be nothing but the best for Mass Effect 2's Miranda Lawson. <laughs> Back it's but my- with two T's. <laughs> oh, and as always, we get up close and personal with each of our character breakdowns. If you're looking for a spoiler-free zone, sorry lovelies, you're in the wrong place. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. And thanks to Sam, who contributed to the Show Us Your Kitties feed in the Two Girls, One Ship Discord channel by sharing the president's new cat, Willow. Much prestige. Very meow. We heart kitties and N7. Okay, we have all of our gear in place. And I think... Excellent. Then we have everything we need to open the pod. Let's learn a little bit more about Miss Miranda. Miranda Lawson is a human Cerberus officer, well-traveled and well-connected. She has many contacts that extend from Citadel space and the Terminus systems to as far as the hostile Nemean Abyss. She was born in 2150, making her 35 during the events of Mass Effect 2. Miranda is, as she describes it, genetically perfect and is the definition of daddy issues. It's just a fact. My reflexes, my strength, even my looks, they're all designed to give me an edge. No point in hiding from it. As she explains to Shepard, Miranda never had a mother. Only a father who is extremely influential, wealthy, and egomaniacal. Miranda was not conceived naturally, but rather, Daddy Too Much Money and Time Lawson created her using a modified copy of his own genome, and that plays a big part into her personality. I know how much being surrounded by family members who love me has molded who I am. 
And to think of Miranda being raised as a superhuman without the guidance or love that only a caring parent can give, her brash personality makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was not the first daughter he ever designed, either. Just the first he kept, which is gross. Everything from her intelligence, physical constitution, biotic abilities, and her appearance were designed before birth to be excellent. She boasts about being able to shoot a mech's head off from 100 meters away, or just as easily crush it with her biotic powers. Hmm. There's that 100 meter headshot again. Sorry, babe. Ash already used that line. And if I'm being honest, it's more impressive that Ashley can do it without beyond standard enhancements. Miranda also heals faster than other humans and will probably live half a lifespan longer. If Shepard accuses her of being cocky, she retorts that she's only stating the facts. However, Miranda's gifts were a burden growing up. Henry Lawson, her creator father, never showed any approval or pride in his daughter. He always expected more and nothing was ever good enough. He also sheltered Miranda to the point of abuse, as she was forbidden from making friends or having any kind of social life. This constant pressure and lack of affection is what ultimately drove Miranda to relinquish her lavish lifestyle in favor of a life on the run from her father. We'll get into what she took from him before she left in a little bit. At some point, Miranda approached Cerberus and joined them in exchange for protection. Miranda knew of them since her father sympathized with their human-centric agenda and was a major backer. When she enlisted with Cerberus, he stopped pursuing her but severed his ties to the group. Despite their past dealings with her father, Miranda agrees with Cerberus's desire to help humanity. Over time, Miranda rose through the Cerberus ranks to become one of the very few people who answered directly to the elusive man. Ah, uh, yes, the elusive man, otherwise known as Tim. Quick language fun fact about him. These two words, elusive and elusive, sound the same, but mean different things. To be elusive with an E means to be difficult to catch. However, to be elusive with an I, as with the elusive man in Mass Effect, it means it is based on an illusion or something that is not real. That's like a little language Easter egg for who Tim is, as you discover at the end of Mass Effect 3. Okay, back to Miranda and Cerberus. After Cerberus gains possession of Commander Shepard's corpse with the help of Liara, more on that in a future episode, the elusive man selects Miranda to be in charge of the Lazarus Project. Over the course of the next two years, Miranda oversees Project Lazarus with the goal of bringing Shepard back to life. When Shepard is basically done percolating enough to be alive again, the base is conveniently attacked by a traitorous Cerberus operative. And here's the planned tangent, because this was new information to me. <laughs> the Cerberus operative who helped attack the base was Wilson. We know this from the game, but the reason for Wilson's betrayal is originally unknown. Various logs on the base indicate frustration with Miranda's standoffish attitude, possibly suggesting he snapped due to personal reasons. But later on, we can find information in the Shadow Brokers base that reveals that Wilson was, in fact, working for the Shadow Broker. So the old broker was trying to get Shepard back before they reawoke to seal the deal with the Collectors or for their own reasons. Who knows? Okay, 
back to Mary. Miranda guides Shepard to the last available shuttle to escape the facility, but not before shooting the shadow broker Lackey Wilson and ensuring her own and Shepard's survival. And Jacob's too, because he's there also. Yeah, he's always just kind of there. Shepard and Miranda go and see Timmy, but not before they share some shuttle scuttlebutt. Miranda expresses skepticism towards the level of importance that the elusive man has placed on Shepard, especially given the money and time commitment. She also mentions that she wanted to implant Shepard with a control device to regulate Shepard's actions, but Tim vetoed that, thank goodness, because that would be a horrible breach of, you know, autonomy and privacy. Doesn't take more than a few minutes of witnessing Shepard in action before Miranda is reluctantly admitting that Tim's estimation of Shepard's value to their cause was accurate. As the mission starts going and Miranda gets to know Shepard more, she eventually admits that she's somewhat jealous of Shepard and their accomplishments. Miranda doesn't feel that she can claim anything but her mistakes. And as her father crafted her and guided her so closely that she still feels like she's living in his shadow. She feels that Shepard has managed all the acclaim purely on their own skills, talent, and merit. My father got me the best genes money could buy. Guess it wasn't enough. You always bring up your genetic tailor. It really bothers you, doesn't it? This is what I am, Shepard. I can't hide it. The intelligence, the looks, even the biotics. He paid for all of that. Every one of your accomplishments is due to your skill. The only things I can take credit for are my mistakes. One thing Miranda can certainly take credit for and that wasn't a mistake, is saving her twin sister Oriana from living the same shitty life she was forced to live by their father. This is Miranda's loyalty mission, and also what she stole from her father before she escaped her life with him. Her egomaniac dad had created another daughter, a genetic twin to Miranda named Oriana. Miranda stole her when she was an infant, and this allowed her to grow up as a normal child, away from their father and all his impossible expectations. Conveniently, When all the other shit's going down, Daddy Lawson finally found Oriana. Miranda explains that the reason she joined Cerberus was to hide and protect Oriana as well as herself. While their father stopped searching for Miranda, he never stopped looking for Ori. And this is also a key factor to her. To me, Ori feels like a child Miranda had to put up for adoption and is now being reunited with. Miranda is nervous and reluctant to meet with her and needs to be convinced to go talk to Ori. The scene for me feels the same as a documentary on adoption I watched. I wasn't in a place where I could take care of you and protect you, so I made a decision that hurt like fucking hell, but what was the best option to give us the best opportunity to create better lives? Now that the circumstances have changed and time has passed, we can get to know each other as we are now. That is what I was thinking of when I saw the scene between her and Ori. Uh, In order to progress the romance with Miranda, you must save Oriana. I realized that I put Mm -hmm. all of those in like, I wasn't in a place and I was like, I've never put a child up for adoption. So I wanted to make that part clear. That that is what Mm -hmm. I thought she was thinking of. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Agreed, agreed. In fact, if you've never played Mass Effect 2 before, first of all, get everyone's loyalty before you do main mission quests. And secondly, why are you spoiling the experience by listening to this right now? (laughs) Go play it. I know that on this podcast, I've talked about foils to characters before. 
and Miranda has one too. Jack. If you don't know what a foil is, it's a character that displays opposite or conflicting traits with another character, especially when the foil character traits are used to highlight the other character's traits as an advantage. For instance, after gaining the loyalty of both Miranda and Jack, they will fight. Big fight. As in Joker asks for pictures fight. (laughs) (laughs) Jack and Miranda fight about almost everything, but this fight is major. Jack wants Miranda to admit that Cerberus sucks and was wrong. And of course, Miranda refuses to admit that Cerberus was wrong and that what happened to Jack was the result of some extremist splinter group. There are a number of ways to end this fight. And if you're interested, you can Google it. But if you want to romance Miranda, you'll have to ensure that you retain her loyalty. Otherwise, she will call off your little office flirt session and never rekindle it. Mm-hmm. And that's enough backside, I, I mean backstory for Miss Lawson. Before we break down her romance, we're going to go into a mid-break. We'll be back soon. Okay, back at it. Here are some fun facts about Miranda. First, Miranda's original surname was going to be Solheim, which is Norwegian for sun home, and she was supposed to be Scandinavian. This was also a nod to her being one of the few characters born on Earth, therefore sun, home, Miranda. However, once they decided to model her after her voice actress, Yvonne Strasky, they changed her name to Lawson to fit better with the Australian accent. And Miranda was supposed to originally be blonde, too, but the developers decided that dark hair looked better with her Cerberus uniform and evoked the femme fatale trope better. I definitely think dark hair suits Miranda better, but Yvonne Strahovski is a blonde and is gorgeous as well. I think she'd look good with any hair color. But I don't know if the blonde would really go as well with a white outfit. Yeah, that's true. I think enough, like sexy ladies in video games and media in general are blonde so let's give some love to all the other hair colors Ooh, miranda is a redhead mm-hmm. she would look good in any hair color i yeah, swear she would uh we don't have any reviews to go over tonight but we do have 22 ratings on spotify and i just checked our numbers and we have over 120 followers that's a lot i'm mm-hmm. happy our listeners are seriously the best And speaking of two of them. Yeah, two special, special listeners are our top tier patrons, Apollo and Toasty. Thank you so much for giving us money. I hope that what we give you in return is of equal or greater value. So yes, thank you so much, Toasty of Toasterton Villopolis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I I wasn't even going to attempt to (laughs) say all that. It's a new I'm the name one who's been drinking, week. so nah. Nah. And Apollo, shoot for the stars, land on the moon, and our number one chatter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always there. Awesome. And, and was in our patron episode last week, so if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. Because yeah. it was awesome. It was. It was really good. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, Let's see. I didn't get a true mundane moment for this week, <laughs> but a conversation with the real Psych 88 about who can see into the engine room led to this. Ah, yes, human mating habits. They really will do it anywhere. 
that is a very interesting use of biotics. We have underestimated the limits of human endurance and the human spine, sees Jacob across the way in the armory. Hypothesis, also a form of human dominance? Need further study. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't expect you to go for the voice. (laughs) Morden is like the one voice I feel I can pull off. Yeah, you did. You did a great job and mm, hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, Morden, we will forever mourn you. Oh. Okay. On to our favorite part of the show, the romance analysis and review. What idiotic bunch of hormones thought that now was a great time for love? Great line. It's such a good line. You can officially start romancing Miranda after you complete her loyalty mission and save her sister. Only a male shepherd can romance Miranda. You can flirt with her at various points throughout the game, starting with the bro shep telling Miranda that she gives herself too little credit for her accomplishments, and that she would allow people to appreciate her body and mind, resulting in Miranda wanting Shepard to admire her body. If Shepard returns her feelings, she expresses cautiousness in the relationship, but she also expresses her interest in it as well. Alternatively, (laughs) Shepard can accuse Miranda of being jealous. She will attempt to deny it, but that sexual tension builds in the ensuing conversation. And if Shepard kisses her, their romance is further cemented. She will repeat that this can't mean anything. They have to focus on the mission, blah, blah, blah. This is really interesting because Miranda is what's known as an ace. She is the best at everything, seemingly without trying too hard, despite never feeling like enough Thanks to her dad's impossible standards, she still is used to the fact that she is always the best in the room. Until Shepard. She simultaneously admires Shepard, but she is also jealous. Shepard is just as accomplished as she is, but without all the genetic tailoring, forcing her to wonder, is she really special at all beyond her genetics? Hmm. When Bioware was originally coming up with the concept of Miranda, they labeled her as the Cerberus Superwoman. Her perfection was always going to be her flaw, and that is what ultimately humanizes her, both to the player and to Shepard. A huge part of her perfection is her looks, which Mass Effect fans have long argued are both her strength and weakness. Some gamers view her simply as eye candy, while others have long viewed her as just another example of sexism and misogyny in games. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Vada rant incoming. But Miranda's appearance is literally part of her character. She was created to be a trophy to her dad's vanity, to exist as a living embodiment of her father's ego and money. Of course, she has a nice ass. Her story is about how damaging seeking perfection is, especially on a little girl turned grown woman. I've done this too. I have. I've never liked Miranda up until very recently. But if you've often looked at her as just another sexy woman existing to please men, and then felt angry or disgusted by it, then you can see how tormented Miranda must be by it. Imagine being looked at like that every day by everyone, even your own father. That is gross. It's really gross. It is. And yeah, you know, I did it too. I'm like, ooh those like tna miranda is the tna of mass effect 2 and then i was like there's a reason for it 
but we have to remember that, yes, she was created within the male gaze, but it wasn't necessarily BioWare's gaze. It was her father's, and she ran away from him. She refused to live life on his terms and refused to allow her sister to fall victim to the same fate. Her existence as a character is actually pretty feminist. It's disappointing that so many of us have done exactly what she has had to endure her whole life, judged her based on her looks, and refused to look beyond the great tits. There's so much more there. Mm -hmm. And I am a feminist. There's no denying that. But to paint broad strokes and view pieces of art, which video games are pieces of art, through a distorted lens of feminist theory diminishes Miranda's agency as a person within this story. To see her as nothing more than a victim of the patriarchy, both in-game and through the lens of the real world, reduces her actions to reclaim her life away from her father and then away from the elusive man to nothing. Miranda is full of self-doubt, but she is also extremely capable, determined, and driven. This is what makes a complex and interesting character, people. Internal conflict. Miranda's main conflict is that she believes herself to be better than everyone else. You can't argue with the science behind her genetics. But that same genetic edge is what reminds her constantly that she will always be her father's daughter. Never truly her own person. When you romance her... This is where her worldview truly gets shaken up. Let's go back to that line we played a bit ago, where Miranda says, What idiotic bunch of hormones decided that now is a good time to fall in love? Really listen to what she's saying. She's referring to her feelings as the chemical interactions that they are, because she's been taught to view herself as a science experiment. Everything is perfect. Everything is controlled. And she is a success. To be out of control and be falling for Shepard is scary for Miranda. Miranda is a control freak and aggressive for the same reason Jack is. To compensate for being completely out of control growing up and to hide internal insecurities from the outside. They project their self-hatred outward. And that's what makes her the perfect foil for Jack too. At their core, they are both very similar. Outside forces manipulating their natures to try and craft the ultimate versions of themselves. This is where Miranda gets the lens of perfection and control for her worldview, whereas Jack views the world through victimhood and abuse. Cerberus means freedom and agency apart from her father to Miranda, but to Jack, it means abuse, fear, and isolation. Miranda wields her genetics the way a corporate executive wields an impressive email signature, as a tool. On the other hand, Jack wields her power and aggression as a means to reassure herself that she will never be powerless again. That's why their major fight had to happen in Mass Effect 2, and why your relationship with each of them determines how it plays out. Both Miranda and Jack are used to not trusting anyone for vastly different reasons, and this fight is essentially a clash of each of their self-images. Jack is the vengeful victim, and Miranda the perfect princess. We'll get into Jack more when her episode comes up, but for now, we're assuming that you came out of this fight hopefully keeping both loyalties, but at the very least keeping Miranda's loyalty. If the relationship sustains until the suicide mission, then before Shepard goes into the Omega-4 relay, the romance of Mass Effect 2 with Miranda 
will culminate with Miranda coincidentally meeting Shepard in the Combat Information Center and saying, I've cleared the engine room. I'll be there in five minutes. I should have known you wouldn't settle for the captain's quarters. I settle for nothing but the best. Nothing but the best. (sighs) We have finally made it, shipmates. I am so happy. I get to break down individual scenes. No more stock footage to watch three times in a row. No more body swaps. We have reached a gen happy place. Naughty place? Happy place? Naughty place? They're the same place, really. I'm not going to lie about it. Let's get right into that tight jumpsuit. I am so here for this scene. It is exactly how I expected two powerful people to interact. There is a power play. There is drama. There is dat ass and hot lingerie. The biggest question that I had was why in the engine room? which was actually kind of what brought up the whole conversation with Psyche. But, well, okay, I actually went down into the Mass Effect 2 engine room to see what the big deal was. And, wow, it's kind of loud. So Miranda may have not cared that Edie could see what was happening, but maybe she wanted to block out the noises so that no one could hear what was going on. I'm guessing that Ken knew what was going on and snuck back in to take a peek. Whatever. Back to Miranda. Or maybe Morden took a peek. Right. <laughs> but actually, I think <gasps> you can mean- analyze her character and figure out why she chose the engine room. She's actually the only character to have a romance culmination scene outside of the captain's quarters. And I think it's because the captain's quarters are the expected, secret, and controlled place to hook up for the first time. But for someone like Miranda who has never really just let go and done something wholly human and spontaneous, the floor of the engine room is her moment. I stand women reclaiming their power and sexuality. That totally tracks, and I love it. I've said it before, but I love a woman who knows how to own her power. And wow, I'm so happy with the power that we see here. (laughs) And it isn't even actually sex that we see. What we see... Is Shepard walking up behind Miranda and then grabbing her by the waist and pulling her in close from behind, which, by the way, is one of the sexiest things I think a partner can do. Then the kissing of the neck and the molding of their bodies together. Yes, 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 they are acting like lovers or at the very least lusters. Moving on before I get too distracted. When she turns around and the struggle for domination starts, it feels real to me. The lifting of her voluptuous ass onto that panel display? I figured something would get powered up by accident, but apparently the only engine revving into overdrive is in Shepard's pants. The ensuing show of physical strength by the bro is on point. Fucking hot. Lift me up and take me to the wall. Miranda, lift Miranda up and take her to the wall. Miranda then taking Shep to the ground is fucking perfection. That is what I imagine two formidable people who are having what could be their last night alive to be like. Fuck out your excess energy. Fuck out the anxiety. Fuck away the stress. And that is not going to be a sweet and passionate lovemaking scene. 
The unzipping of the outfit was also unexpected, only because the zipper is on the side of the outfit, and then it opens up in the oddest way. I mean, it's the fashion of the future, but I was confused, and hold up, it's a collar. What she has around her neck doesn't get removed when she takes off the top half of her jumpsuit. The implications of that, to me, are mind-blowing. Like, I have a whole new headcanon, and I don't know if I'm okay with it. I mean, I am, but I'm not, and mm, Miranda being collared, I don't know how I feel. (laughs) Bad, Jen, bad. (laughs) Keep it PG-13. Actually, I don't know. What are we rated? I was like, I'm NC-17. NC-17. N-717? Hi, N-7. Children, leave. (laughs) Yet again, Miranda's perfect genetic array makes her body out of this world. (sighs) The scene fades to black as a half-undressed Miranda is straddling a still fully closed bro on the engine room floor. Somebody get me a fan. I am hot and bothered in the best ways possible, and I am ready for my rating. As a sex scene, I am left on the edge of the desire. I would have loved to see Miranda tugging off Shepard's shirt or a grab at the belt, something to match his level of passionate aggression. Shep kissing down her bearish chest, using his core strength to do hold on to a half sit-up while her on top of him, though? Hot damn. I am hitting hard right out of the gate, and I'm wondering if anybody else is going to live up to this sex scene in Mass Effect 2. 10 out of 10. I'm here for it. Is anyone surprised that Jen is here for it? <laughs> it's like the sexiest sex scene in Mass Effect mm-hmm. uh, 2. Um, not gonna, I don't know about the whole thing, but we'll, we'll have to do an overall rating once we're finished with Mass Effect and we'll see where we stand. Agreed. But um, okay, let me get my, my thoughts together. <laughs> now that you've uh, done a very thorough job <laughs> analyzing the sex scene. And I'll get to the romance. For the romance, I personally feel like a lot is left to be desired. I wish there had been more time and dialogue devoted to cracking the mask of perfection that Miranda hides behind, because she really is such an interesting and strong person under there. I think you thaw her a bit more if you romance her rather than just befriend her, at least in Mass Effect 2. I want to compare her to Morgan from Dragon Age. But with Morrigan, I think the friendship with a female warden is more rewarding for her. For the simple fact, um, a healing Morrigan through a good female relationship, because her mother was the one who did the most damage to her. But with Miranda, it's her father. So I think romancing her as male Shep is a great way to heal her from the damage her father and other men in her life have done to her. Shepard is undoubtedly Miranda's equal in capability and drive, and he chooses her based on who she is as a person rather than what her perceived value is and what she can bring to Shepard. And romance for Miranda is something she's never considered before. It is an uncontrollable feeling and requires relying on another person, something she isn't very comfortable with, to say the least. She also is incapable of having children biologically due to the way she was brought about into the world, which for practical Miranda has meant that there wasn't anything drawing her to finding a partner. There wasn't a use for the emotions of a relationship or the potential reproductive aspect of a relationship. So a a romantic relationship with Shepard comes as a complete surprise 
at the worst possible time and is just the thing to prove to Miranda that there are ways to be loved by a man that do not include being placed on an impossibly high pedestal, never being good enough, and existing to boost someone else's ego. Shepard loves Miranda without any strings or expectations, and theirs is a true partnership. And I also want to say that for many years, I was one of those women who disliked Miranda because I perceived her to exist purely as fan service to the male gaze. While I can't deny that images of Miranda have been used as such, she is a beautiful woman with a skin-tight outfit, but she is so much more than that. Her beauty is part of her character, her design and arc, like we've said, and to disregard that is to view her through a lens where she is once again just a trophy. If you are someone, and I have been this someone, who sees a sexy female character in a video game and goes, ew, they put boobs in there for the gross boy gamers, <laughs> maybe take a second look. The gross boy gamers are going to see boobs, sure, but that character probably doesn't exist solely for them. Let's normalize games having characters that look like everyone and anyone. And when the character's whole story revolves around being genetically perfect, let's not be surprised when she's super hot. Wow, I did it too. Even at the beginning of the episode, I said it was more impressive that Ashley could make the shot because she isn't as enhanced as Miranda is. So there we go. I judged Miranda to be less than because I was told up front she should be more than. I also just want to say that making a bunch of hot characters and hiding behind a backstory that demands they be hot for the purposes of fan service isn't good character design. But Miranda, she is great character design. She's a complex and engaging character, and to view any of these characters from a reductionist viewpoint is doing a disservice to your experience playing this game. This game is nuanced, and so is Miranda, and her beauty doesn't exist as a separate part of her. She can be capable and beautiful, and she is. Okay, rating time. V? What do you rate Miranda's romance? Well, you know, I, I guess for rating the overall romance, I have to take in the sex scene as well as the emotional aspect of the relationship. So that's going to bump her up to like a 7 or 8 out of 10 for me. Because obviously her sex scene is great. And, you know, you can tell they really had a connection going on there. And that's important for a healthy relationship. Um, if that is something you guys deem important anyway. Emotionally, like I said, I think you just start to thaw her out a little bit in Mass Effect 2. I think she really comes into her own for Mass Effect 3. And this episode is just on the second game. So for now, I think it's a promising start. And I am just so surprised that I like Miranda. I've spent so many years of my life now just knowing, oh, I don't really like Miranda. You know, that's just like part of my experience with Mass Effect up until recently. So it's crazy that I changed my mind. I guess that's a good lesson for everybody. You can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you learn more stuff or you get older and you're like, wow, actually, I don't think the same way anymore. You don't have to hold on to what you know just because it's what you've known. Oh, you mean having new facts presented to you means that you're allowed to change your opinion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's called being a good scientist. And again, 10 out of 10 on the sexpectations meter. It is exactly what I wanted to see between Miranda and the bro. And I think that wraps it up for the night. If you like what you're hearing, 
please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me and our two girls, one ship chat on the robots radio discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon at two girls, one ship links to those are in the description. I'm on the robots radio discord as well. And also be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch and YouTube on Fridays at 10 30 PM Eastern time and 7 30 PM Pacific time. Our podcast episodes are going to change. And instead of Sundays, they're going to be coming out on Mondays now um, for editing purposes. <laughs> and also just in time for your Monday morning commute, unless you're lucky like me and are a remote worker. <laughs> not to brag, but also bragging. Sorry, not sorry. Check out the description for all links if you're interested. Thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.